2: I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Okay, so if you've lived in California your whole life, you're probably used to having a lot of rights when it comes to reproductive health. So moving to another state can be a shock, especially if you're an incoming college student, especially if it's to one of the dozen or so states that have banned abortion. They're very focused on what they
0: want to study and the environment they want to study in. And um, reproductive healthcare is
2: not always the first thing they're thinking of. Today, we're going inside a health clinic at Oakland Technical High School. And we're going to meet a student preparing to navigate abortion bans away from home. Stay with us.
3: I met Eilasia Vital in June,
4: right after she graduated from Oakland Technical High School.
2: April Domboski is a health correspondent for KQED.
4: She had taken classes in computer science there, then she switched over to health, became very interested in that. I really like school, I like learning. I
1: feel like my favorite hobby to do is learning something new, and especially learning about the body, so I feel like- She
4: wants to study kinesiology in college. She's really into sports and wants to become an athletic trainer.
1: Um, I s- plan on starting to, like, go from high school level sports and then doing like the high school and like the private schools then working my way up to like minor league and then hopefully in the future i would be working for the big like nfl that's where i really want to go is the nfl all the way to the tippy top within like five ten years
2: when she was looking at colleges what what was she looking for
4: Well, last fall, her school organized a tour of historically Black colleges and universities in the South, and she loved it.
1: I've always wanted to go to a college as HBCU. I feel like it's really just motivation and stuff to go see, like, all Black people thriving there, so...
4: When she visited TSU in particular at Texas Southern University, she really fell in love with it. I
1: toured Gramlin, I toured Southern, I toured Dillard, and I feel like TSU really spoke out because I liked how modern it was. It was a really big school. I like Houston, just period. I just like the city. So I feel like that was it connected to me more.
4: Plus, her grandparents uh, live know, in Texas, and, know, and she loved the idea of living near them. I wanted to go
1: back there and like meet all my cousins and even see my grandma and my grandpa all the time because I'm like really close
4: with them, but they live really far. So, so she to applied to, school, to TSU, and she got accepted, and she's about to move there this month.
1: I'm excited for like my first day, really, and me moving all the way in there. I get to decorate my dorm and decorate my stuff. So yeah, I'm excited about that.
2: Yeah. I mean, I feel like when you're thinking about going to college, you are thinking about those practical things like, do I have family nearby if I'm going to move far away or can I afford this? What major do I want? Do I see myself here? But when did Eilasia first start to realize that moving from California to Texas would mean going somewhere with actually fewer reproductive rights?
4: Last summer, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, and that got rid of the constitutional right to abortion that had been in place for 50 years. It left the decision to states. And after that happened, Ilesia started hearing about protests either here in the Bay Area locally or on social media.
1: And I've seen people going to, like, the Planned Parenthood or to the clinics and being shut out or being, like, there's protesters in the front. Don't listen to anybody that tells you, young lady, it's okay to have an abortion. Anybody it's not okay. It's a sin against God. Well, and it's the... or they're honking or, like, pushing stuff, like, pushing people, and there was, like, fights and stuff in the streets. So I feel like it really brought my to my attention that that was happening in a lot of states, like, in the South, and that's where I wanted to go anyway. So I think I kind of, like, did more research on
4: it. A lot of us, when we are looking for college, sometimes we're looking for something really different from what we've known. I think Eilasia was really attracted to those things and then didn't realize that she was going to have to make some trade-offs. Texas is one of the first states to ban abortion after the Supreme Court decision. There are more than a dozen states that ban the procedure now and more that restrict access. And so that's what got Ailesia thinking, maybe I need to prepare for this.
1: Happening. Even like I said on TikTok before, when I seen that girl on TikTok, I feel like it really like show like a reality check that I really need to like get on top of it before I go because I know I'm going there first and I already have a lot of resources here in my
4: high school. So she went to the clinic at her school for something they're doing there this year called the senior send-off appointment. When Eilisha
2: and other Oakland Tech students need medical help, they often go to a place called the Technic Clinic. It's this small, purple building right on campus run by a nonprofit called La Clínica de la Raza. Students can go to the clinic between classes for everything from eye appointments to STD tests, and they don't have to tell their parents or use their insurance plan either. There are about 300 school-based clinics like this one all over the state and April was able to shadow the staff there for a day to see how they help the students. Can you introduce me to Erin Kramer and, and tell me a little bit about what she does? Erin Kramer is a nurse practitioner at the Tech Clinic. And uh, I've been working in
0: um, adolescent medicine and school based health for about 15 years. Um, And um, at La Clinica,
4: I. You know, when she is doing her job, she's not just thinking about the medical care she gives or solving the health mysteries that are in front of her. But she's thinking really holistically about her patients. These are kids that are like on
0: the precipice of the rest of like
4: of a whole
0: new world. They're about to become adults. They're learning how they're they're learning about their own bodies. They want to be autonomous.
4: They want to be empowered. Um, I followed her around for a day and, you know, a couple of patients that she was supposed to see that day canceled in the morning. And so she called them up.
0: This is Erin, the nurse practitioner from the Tech Clinic, just giving you a call this morning. Sorry to call you so early.
4: um, And it turns out the student student really did want to come in for her appointment, appointment, but she just couldn't get a ride. And then she sends an Uber to to pick the student up and bring her to the clinic.
0: The other option is we do have a service that, like an Uber
4: service that can help you get to clinic. um, So you can see all these ways in which Nurse Kramer is trying to meet students where they're at. All right. All right. Talk soon. Bye-bye. That seems pretty common for, like, people to cancel, but then does the follow-up actually kind of be it? Is that a helpful nudge? Yes.
2: Well, I mean, it sounds like Erin has a pretty close eye and ear towards, like, what students need. So I'm curious how she has started to sort of see the needs of her students shifting since the end of Roe v. Wade?
4: They have become a lot more proactive. So if you remember, Roe v. Wade, the decision to overturn it was at the end of June last year. And so, you know, students that year had already graduated. Most had already been moving on. And then, of course, in the wake is when we saw states starting to Pass their own state laws banning or restricting access to the procedure. We've seen new changes in Georgia and other
0: th- other states. So, a lot of um, a lot of these things are just changing really
4: dynamically. So, this is really the first year that the nurses have really been incorporating this new legal landscape into the medical care that they provide.
0: Uh, I had a patient recently who moved to Texas and did still felt really worried about um, her access to getting prescriptions for the patch. So she, we were able to dispense a year's supply of the patch, and she brought that with her to Texas.
2: And I know Eilasia is one of these patients, someone who is feeling nervous about going to Texas and, uh, you know, realizing sort of the roadblocks ahead uh, in terms of reproductive health for her. I'm curious, April, if we have a sense of how common that is. uh, This experience is like, are there a lot of students going to conservative states for college and then sort of realizing that there will be these serious roadblocks when they get there?
4: The nurses and the staff at the clinic have seen enough students who are headed to southern states that they have set up this senior send-off appointment. A lot of the
0: students, some of the students we talked to today, um, really want to go to historically black colleges and universities and um, and have that incredible community experience. And to be in a state where they're not supported with their
4: reproductive health feels... Um, uh, scary. They formalized this appointment where they want to talk to patients and make sure that they're aware of the legal landscapes that they're moving into. So they are proactively reaching out to seniors who are graduating, finding out where they're going to college, where you're thinking of going to college, and then taking the appropriate steps from there. Let's talk
2: more about these senior send-off appointments at the Technic Clinic. I know Aaron and Eileasia were actually kind enough to let you sit in on Eileasia's appointment. What did they talk about?
4: They talked about life. So, yeah.
1: And I recently got accepted into TSU in Texas. Up so, here. yeah, I'm glad we have this one because I'm going straight to Texas. You are? Yeah. Oh, I think we start right. August 27th.
4: Eileasia had just had a birthday.
1: Me and my friends, we went to like party at like an Airbnb and then we had like food there and they had a hot tub and like ping pong tables and stuff, so that's what we did. What? Never. Yeah. Who planned
0: that thing? My mom. Oh my god, you do yeah. have the best mom. Yeah. She's, she's...
4: She asked her about her general health.
0: Um, sleeping okay at night? Yeah.
4: Okay. But then when it came time to talk about their birth control options, Nurse Kramer asked Ailesia, so who are you talking to these days? And that is adolescent speak for who are you having sex with? All
0: right, and tell me, who are you talking to these days?
1: Uh, Same person. Offers Offers mom, on. Mom. Forever yeah. and ever. Can you remind me his yeah.
4: name? And Nurse Kramer knows that this is how teenagers talk to each other about this kind of thing. And so for her, it's a way of building trust and meeting students where they're at and hopefully having an open honest conversation and then they talked a lot about different birth control options
1: um and tell me a little bit about what you're thinking in terms of birth control um i was looking at the the multiple choices and i've seen yeah. the the Perigard, the IAUD one. Yep. And I was like talking about the, I think the other,
4: I don't know. Kramer has a poster on the wall of the exam room that has, you know, little pictures or images of all the different birth control methods. And she would point to them and explain how each one worked. So, Alesia was pretty clear that she didn't want to rely on birth control pills or patches.
1: Because I'm, I'm very forgetful. Even if I set an alarm or write it down, it'll still slip my mind. Uh-huh. So... I think that's uh, They
4: talked about other long-acting options, so they talked a lot about IUDs. These are tiny devices that get inserted into the uterus, and they are very effective at preventing pregnancy. Ailesia wasn't quite down with that. She didn't quite like the sound of that. But she had had a hormonal implant before, and this is a tiny rod that gets inserted into the upper arm. And she was thinking about getting that again.
1: I think I want to go back to the implant, the mm-hmm. Nexiplon, because it's more, it fits in my age range, I think. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's not like like a drastic change, but I just feel like I'd rather have something like it's permanent, but like not all the way permanent. Totally. In the
4: she ultimately decided to go with the implant again, uh, which is good for up to five years. She gentle. would never have to think about it.
0: After you sign this, then I might have you just step out of the room for a second. We'll set up the room and then we'll do it. Okay. Okay. Five minutes.
1: Okay?
0: Okay. Questions?
1: Nope. I think covered
2: everything. Awesome. Well, April, how much can this clinic help students once they've actually left the state? Like would Eilasia, for example, be able to like call Erin up while she's in Texas?
4: Ailesia can certainly call Aaron up, and Aaron is very proactive about explaining to students, we're still here. They're allowed to see their patients up until they're 21. So anytime that Ailesia came back home to visit her parents, for example, if she was there for break or over the summer, she's more than welcome to come in to the clinic and get all the range of services for free. Nurse Kramer can write prescriptions, and if Eilasia comes back and says, you know, I don't really like the implant, I want something else, Erin will work with her to come up with something else. What's less clear is we're in this very strange time right now with each state codifying different laws. People, as we now know, are are not just going to stay in one place. And so how these laws interact with each other when people cross state borders, there's just so many questions around that. So Nurse Kramer herself wasn't, you know, totally clear on whether she would be allowed to say write a prescription for a birth control method for Eilasia to pick up in Texas. There are just different kinds of rules ab- around healthcare providers and what they're allowed to do for people in other states. When it comes to abortion services, that's also unclear. There's lots of talk right now about someone who's a resident of Texas coming to a place like California for abortion care. The state of Texas says they have the right to sue the doctor in California who provided care to the Texas resident. California says, no, we have laws that protect doctors. So I think some of these things are it's going to take time to see how they're all going to play out.
2: In the end, April, I mean, going to college is supposed to be a really exciting time. Uh, What is Eilasia looking forward to the most about leaving the nest and um, also going to her dream school, Texas Southern?
4: Yeah, like a lot of college-bound teenagers, she's thinking a lot about how she's going to decorate her dorm room. Her twin sister is coming with her. They plan to bunk together, so they're working out what kind of color scheme they're gonna go with. But Alicia is also really excited about college things, being independent, you know, moving on her own steam, going to classes, being on her own.
1: It's more adult than high school. Like high school's like adult, but college is really adult. You're not with your parents, especially if you like leave and go to a different school, not in your hometown. So I'm really excited for the growing up part of it.
2: April, thank you so much for sharing your reporting with us and joining us on the show. I appreciate it. Happy to do it. That was April Demboski, a health correspondent for KQED. This 30-minute conversation with April was cut down and edited by producer Maria Eskinka. Alan Montesilio is our senior editor. He scored this episode and added all the tape. If you like this episode, consider sharing it with a friend. Word of mouth is one of the best ways to help our show. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thank you for listening to The Bay. Talk to you next time.